you know, one of the biggest mistakes is feeling like the home is yours. Uh, most people, what they do is they get into these properties and they, and they, you know, they want the most luxurious, most luxurious uh, uh, bathrooms and the best kitchens and the, you know, top of the line granite and. So they make the mistake of thinking of, of putting their heart into the property as if they were moving in, right? And the reality is the next homeowner who's gonna buy it is more than likely, and this has happened to me, is more than likely to rip it out and redo it again to what they like, right? So. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, excited today to have Ed Ariola on the podcast. He is a flipper and a construction general contractor, and he's a coach. He helps people learn, particularly the people that he's doing the work for, how to do these deals, how to manage projects. So super excited, Ed, to have you on. If you will, as always, take us into what is the craziest real estate experience you've had as a contractor, flipper, coach? So the craziest so far has been uh, in 2019, right before COVID hit, we purchased a property in a town uh, called uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. And uh, this, this property, actually, we've, we uh, partnered up with, with a couple of different investors. Uh, and when, you know, we, the acquisition was, I don't know, I believe it was like somewhere around $250,000 uh, or somewhere around two hundred. dollars uh, construction was about $150,000. And then, uh, as halfway through the work, we, we get hit by COVID. Um, uh, and over here, we, we had to completely stop working 100%. We, we had to, because of nobody knew what this whole COVID thing was, uh, the inspectors were like, we're not stepping in. So because we couldn't <clears throat> do inspections, we couldn't move the project along. And I mean, we were, uh, uh, long story short, we we spent about 15 months in this property that we were supposed to spend roughly about six months. Uh, once once the project was done, though, uh, we we kind of moved into 2021, 2022 time, um, and we put it on the market. We were expected to make uh, roughly about eight hundred thousand uh, dollars. The property ended up selling for one point two million dollars because of because of COVID. Uh, so for, for me, it was mind blowing how, you know, we thought we were going to go, you know, be bankrupt or be in the hole because COVID when we ended up making a shit ton more money than we expected. So that, that was, uh, you know, one of the craziest, uh, uh times for me in real estate, uh, aside from, from any other construction story that I have. <laughs> and so you come at this industry. That was, uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Right on, man. That's a great story. I mean, especially like the extra profit. I mean, there were so many things, people that were, were thinking so negatively about where, where things were headed. And then to discover that all the investments they held went way up in value is pretty cool. So talk to us about your early, early phases in the journey. You started as a contractor. Yeah. Is that how you broke in the industry? Yeah. So, um, I started as a regular contractor. My father was a contractor. So, uh, you know, I, I, I did some other type of work. I, I did some retail work and, and, and I learned a lot about money management and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I decided to go on my own for construction, have, having that I have learned everything through my father uh, many years before. Uh, and I started doing regular construction. I, you know, I found out that I that was decent at helping people do flips because a, a lot of investors would approach me and they said, hey, 
you know, we want to, we want to flip a house. Can you help us with this? Can you help us with that? Or can you manage the whole project? And, uh, I ended up partnering up with a, with a good friend of mine and, uh, he had the money. I, I didn't have a dime. Um, and that's what part, partially what I teach to, to the guys that I coach is like, you don't have to wait, uh, until you have funds to be able to start flipping houses. There's other ways around it. Uh, if you're creative, if you're, you know, good at what you do on a construction side or like, a the management side, a project management side, uh, you can always acquire a partner who has the money. And uh, I guess their job would be provide the funds and your job would be manage the project and the construction. Um, so uh, I, I did exactly that. I managed the construction, they provided the funds and uh, I slowly built my bankroll to the point where I started doing it by myself and, and kind of moved from then to uh, helping other people do this as well. We also still partner up with all the people to, to grab on more projects at the same time. Uh, but, uh, you know, for, for personally, we always have like three or four houses going. So when you talk about managing the construction, you're not talking about swinging the hammers or doing that. You're talking about your job is to just align, get guys in there to do the work. Correct. Uh, I mean, that's, that's literally really all you need to do It's like, you need to know, uh, you know, obviously you need to have construction background because you can't tell people what to do without knowing, uh, you know, what it is that you want done. And, and this huge, you know, the biggest part of everything is time management because every time, you know, every day that passes is a dollar you lose. Right. Uh, so, so in a way, yeah, you need to know about construction, but you don't have to be the one swimming, the, you know, swinging the hammer. Uh, you, you just have to know people obviously that, that are good at their job that are not, gonna you know uh, slow you down that are gonna charge you good rates and know how to manage their their schedule so ultimately you become this project management for your own business yeah and I know on flips I mean a lot of people obviously are trying to make the most amount of profit and by the time they pay subs general contractor etc it can get a little bit expensive how are you able to make a good amount of money in these deals uh, but still I mean you're obviously not doing the work, so you have to hire it out. Like, how are you structuring that? Well, see, what happens is most of the time, what you pay for is the license, right? You pay for is that management. Uh, you know, a contractor, a real contractor doesn't really ham swing a hammer. A real contractor is a project manager. So if you can, if you can, uh, if you, for example, what I tell uh, people that I that I work with is, I pull the permits for them. And they manage the, the work, so they pay me a flat fee just for the permit. For the permit, but they don't have to pay me twenty to thirty percent of what they make uh, to to for me to manage the project because that's that's their time they're spending on there, right? So uh, what what I would advise for somebody who who doesn't have the license is to get acquainted to somebody who has licenses. I don't know how it is in every state, but like for example, in the state of New Hampshire, you don't need a license to manage the project. You don't need a license to pull a permit. Uh, I know Massachusetts, obviously you need to do it. I know that in Florida you do. I don't know how, how California is, but I'm sure California being a tougher state, we probably need a, a license to, to do that. Uh, but as long as you have those relationships with people, you know, um, you could do this and you can pay somebody a flat fee for, for, uh, man, like to, to pull those, those permits for you. And you could say, Hey, I'll be on site. I'll manage the subs. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And that's how you can start saving money. Uh, I would obviously strongly advise for somebody to get the licenses they need, because if you want to flip houses and you want to really make money, 
that's where you make your money. You you make your money in the acquisition at first, and then the rest of the money is to be made is on the management of the project, saving on materials and saving on, on labor. Have you been able to leverage your license to find deals? Uh, yes, actually very much so like most of the deals that i get are usually people who call me with insurance claims and they're like hey uh you know we have we have water damage and the whole house is is ruined uh they gave us they cut us a check for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. uh you know we we'd like to fix it and at that point i usually say hey i'm also a real estate agent uh would you mind selling the house would you want to take a you know that check with you and and you know we'll pay you whatever it is that you know you want for the property we'll make them an offer or whatever uh my last two flips actually were uh, another real estate agent friend of mine was like hey uh my client you know has water damage surf pro came through they demoed the whole downstairs of the house uh, you know the the bank is only giving them ninety thousand dollars to fix it so i went in there and i said uh, the truth, right? As a contractor, because I got to kind of stay separate, like contractor ed, and then you got real estate ed, right? As a contractor, I said, you know, if I have to do this work for you, it's going to be about one hundred twenty-five, one hundred thirty thousand um, dollars. However, I'll offer you two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the house if if you wanted to, and then you can keep that ninety grand, and that's what you would get for the house anyway, um, it, on, on the condition that it's in. Um, and and they they were like, sure, you know what? We'll take that. You know, they took the money and they did and they rent, you know. Yeah. And so because of your. So as a contractor, it's good to. Go ahead. Sorry, I said as, as a contractor, you get I get a lot of leads in that mm -hmm. sense. Um, and, and it's mostly because of the relationships that we built. Exactly. So you get kind of the first glance at some of the probably the deals with the deepest discounts. Yes. Awesome. So then. Talk to me about your transition. So you get in, you're a contractor, you work on your dad, you start getting into it. What what took you to get your license as an agent? Um, just that, the fact that I'm flipping houses and I'm finding ways to be more uh, efficient and, and make more money, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I can see where, you know, once you start flipping a lot, you see a pattern, right? Like you see a pattern of what you pay for, for real estate fees in terms of, you know, holding fees, you see a pattern on what you spend uh, for legal fees, what you spend for real estate, uh, you know, for the purchase and the sale, uh, or mostly just the sale because, you know, for the, the, the purchase, you only pay uh, all the legal fees. But, um, you know, you see that pattern and then you start to, I, I started to analyze where can I cut, uh, you know, into where I can actually save more money. And, and I mean, I'm talking, we're paying 18 to $20,000 worth of commissions every time we sell a house, right? So if I can cut that in half or even, you know, three quarters and split it with my broker, um, I'm going to do that all day, you know? So that's, that was a must, right? Like it, it's, it just made sense as a, as a business to, to have both the construction and the real estate licenses together. Uh, to be able to to maximize what I make, and that gives me more margin too. So, like the, you know, over here in Massachusetts, the, the market is changing, uh, and from one day to the other, it'll, it'll change. You know, um, and what happened with COVID could happen again, but instead of being positive, it could be negative, right? And that being said, I want more ma margin of error or more margin for for me to say, okay, well, at least 
I made some money, right? So by saving on the construction and then saving on the commissions and then getting a good deal as far as like, you know, buying the, you know, on the acquisition, that's all I need to be able to make to maximize, you know, and I'm dealing with smaller houses here. I'm dealing with, you know, 1500 square feet, uh, single family homes, you know, so it's not a lot to it, but I, I'm also profiting about, you know, 40 to, to 40 to 50% on these properties. Sometimes I think yeah. the, the minimum I profited on, on one of the most recent was, uh, I want to say about 25%. Cool. And I mean, so those are probably six figure profits, I'm guessing. Yes. Awesome. So what are, what yeah, are they're, some... they're actually like this, this uh, smaller houses too, that, that costs a lot less that you could be doing, you know, making 50, 60 grand on a, on a quick, cause that's, that's the other thing too. You gotta, it, it's hard to time the market. You don't want to time the market. And what happens is because we can't time the market and things are, you know, very, you know, flippy floppy right now here in Massachusetts. Uh, the, what I, I'm going for a lot is those, you know, quick deals where I'm in and out in one to three months, six months tops. So those are usually the smaller houses that need very little work, but you still walk out of there with, you know, minimum, my minimum is $50,000, right? So every deal that you do, I want to be there three, three to four months and be, be out of there and walk away with at least $50,000 in my pocket. Yeah. That's a lot safer too, because again, you're in and out super quick. So you're less affected by market shifts. So let's talk about like, what are some of the right. mistakes that flippers make from a contractor's perspective? Wow. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot. And this is why, um, I, I decided that my, myself, another real estate agent that I work with and an attorney, uh, we started this coaching program, uh, because we see that there's a lot of people who get into it and, and they just, they, they fuck it all up. I'm sorry. I'm, I probably wasn't supposed to swear, but they, they, and then they don't do it again. And then they say, Oh, flipping is, it's not that great. Right. Um, so they, you know, one of the biggest mistakes is feeling like the home is yours. Uh, most people, what they do is they get into these properties and they, and they, you know, they want the most luxurious, most luxurious, uh, uh, bathrooms and the best kitchens and you know top of the line granite and so they make the mistake of thinking of of putting their heart into the property as if they were moving in right and, and the reality is the next homeowner who's going to buy it is more than likely and this has happened to me is more than likely to rip it out and redo it again to what they like right so what not knowing how uh how to you know tread that line of what you should do and you shouldn't do that. Those are the biggest mistakes you, you that, that I see, uh, from a construction point of view. Um, and, and right now as a real estate agent, I think the, the biggest mistake, uh, that people are making is getting into like big, long projects, uh, where, where they're, you know, going to be there for, for a year. Cause what happens is, uh, when we do a CMA as a, as a, um, you know, as a, a real estate agent, we we look back into houses that were sold three three months ago, right? They 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 sold three months ago, but the reality is those properties went on the contract six months ago or nine months ago, right? Um, and and that's a whole different market than what it was that we got going on now, right? So you know that those longer those longer projects they the numbers don't make sense anymore, you know, so. That's a that's another mistake I see people doing a lot. Get into these huge projects that you know, and they end up leaving them. I, I just picked up a, a client who uh, 
who decided that they want to sell because they couldn't, they just couldn't take care of the project anymore. And they knew that if they didn't, they didn't sell right now, they were, they were going to break even now because, you know, even when they fix it, they're not going to get what they, what they thought they were going to get because of the holding costs. Yeah. So speed's important and, uh, you know, staying detached from the home yeah. process is important. What's the best way for a new flipper to do that? Like how, how do they go fast? How do they stay unattached? Like, and still like obviously uh, stay engaged enough to make a profit. I think that the, the going fast part is, is a preparation thing, right? Um, I think it's mostly about, uh, you know, knowing your subs, knowing the people that you're working with, making sure that you have a solid schedule. I mean, shit, even as, even as a contractor, I've been doing this for 10 years. Like that's even hard for me. I can only imagine somebody who has like very little construction a skill uh, or, or knowledge. Uh, but that's 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 one of the most important things that I see in my in my end where I lose money. Like I got people sometimes waiting on me. Uh, a lot of people I wait on, and the, the days go by every day. All the so twenty four hours go by. Every, you know, and uh, every every day costs you whatever it is, whether it's fifty, a hundred, or fifteen hundred dollars a day. You know. Um, but, but that's the, the efficiency part is, is huge. And, and you have to prepare for that, right? You have to, uh, have a schedule, talk to yourselves, have conversations, make sure you have, you're hiring people that are going to be there when they tell you you're going to be there. Right. Um, I think that's the biggest, like by far the biggest thing. Yeah. How do you structure your goals? Like, I mean, obviously you're a project manager in, in the construction world, like, how many flips is comfortable for you to do in a year? Um, three. Uh, I mean, on uh, I'm sorry, I should rephrase that. Uh, I, in a year, I want to do maybe maybe about forty to sixty. Yeah. Um, I want to be doing three at a time, though. Okay. Three at a time, back to back. The problem is that the the supply the supply is not there. Um, it is it. it, it, it this last couple of years has been very hard to get deals. And I've been lucky enough to be able to be exposed myself to these deals. Right. Uh, not everybody has that. Right. And then when you, when you're looking on the MLS, you're looking on the market, you you're competing with homeowners. You're competing with people who are willing to pay 50, 60, a hundred thousand dollars over asking price. Right. Uh, when you, when you're, you know, when you got a, uh, a wholesaler, who you're, you know, you're being supplied by, then you're competing with other contractors who are doing the same thing. So what's left? The, your relationships, right? Like I build relationships with people like uh, like other wholesalers and stuff or the, other real estate agents who hit me up first and they say, hey, Ed, I got this. Before we go on the market, do you want to take a look at it? Right? And they and they call me first because they know that I that I, I buy, you know, with and, I, and we close within the first you know, two weeks, we put a deposit down, we always buy cash, we always have the money, there's never any inspections, like we go right in, we take a look, and then the next day, I'm already like putting down a check for a deposit, right? So there's a lot of people who right now, are they need that, right? They want to they wanna get rid of it, they don't want to think about having to look at many bids, uh, the money makes sense, and if it doesn't make sense, sorry, uh, go ahead, put it on the market, someone will buy it, for $50,000 above asking price right now in this market, you know, but that will, that will change very soon. It's yeah. It seems to be already changing in most markets. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Massachusetts is slightly different. 
Um, so Massachusetts is a little different right now. Like most, most towns in here are, are high on demand. Like we, we, this, this getting really hard for buyers to buy. Um, and, and sellers are still asking, you know, uh, crazy money and getting crazy money. Um, but I think, you know, towns, this different towns in different places who are less desirable or, or, you know, becoming a little more flexible. Uh, but very soon, I mean, I think it depends on the rates and, and how things keep going. But very soon, I think that we're going to have a more inventory. When you're locking up your deals, are you using private money, hard money, your own money? How are you locking up these deals? So we do we do two things. We use our money. I have private investors of mine who work with me, um, who lend me their money directly. Um, and I'm using my own personal money. Um, I do have a, a, a couple of different, uh, private money lenders, um, hard money lenders that, that work with us and, and they're great. Uh, but that's another, uh, that's another, uh, thing I'm trying to mitigate. Uh, this is, this is one of those things where now I'm trying to use my own money. So, I mean, if you pay 10%, 12%, 14%, uh, that's a big chunk of money you're giving away, right? So once you have your money, that's 15%, 10%, whatever it is, that goes on 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 your side of the, you know the bank account, which is which is nice. An extra 10% of you know 100,000, 200, 300,000 dollars. It's 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 gonna you're talking about 20, 30 grand, you know. So it's it's good money. Yeah, absolutely. What is your best advice for new flippers? I think my best advice for new flippers is to build relationships. Uh, this this business completely uh, is completely built on relationships. Uh, I have relationships with my CPA. Uh, I have a great CPA who knows about the the real estate, the loops of real estates, uh, taxation. Uh, you know the he. They advise me for free, literally like any question that I have, I'll give them a call and, and they're like, Hey, you know, do this, do that. This is how you do this. Right. Uh, a good attorney, a good relationship with a good attorney who's ready to help you close or help you mitigate any issues. Uh, if you're not a real estate agent, you need a, a couple of real estate agents on your corner. Right. What I do is I build relationships uh, before I was licensed. What I was doing is, uh, and I still do it, believe it or not. I uh, tell them, Hey, listen, if you bring a deal to me, uh, you can represent us both on the buy and sell, uh, and then you can list the house once it's, once it's done. Right. So what does that tell you? That tells you that that person is going to want to come to me every time because he's going to get triple the, the business right. And in, in on one property. So, uh, that's one way, that's one relationship you definitely need to have with multiple real estate agents, uh, wholesalers. You have to, you have to love on these people. Like you have to help them out, uh, build, like help them build relationships with you and, and, and kind of network with these guys because those are the guys that are going to come and, and, and bring you the deals. And the biggest problem with, uh, flipping houses is leads getting, getting deals. Um, then your contractors, right? Like your, your subs, uh, everybody you use, like what I, I, as a contractor, what I do is on the side, I do custom kitchens and bathroom models. We do custom additions, very high end stuff. Uh, what I do is my subs, when I bring them into these bigger projects outside of my flipping, I make sure they get top dollar. I make sure they get 120%, not just a hundred percent. Right. Um, and, and they do. And then when they come to my flips, they, they help me out. 
that's how that's how the relationship goes they get big money over there and then i get a good a good reward for that right uh so it's having those conversations building those net you know those relationships and uh and, and the subs are you know a big chunk of what you pay you know the, the it's a big the, that's the budget that you never know you're never certain of because you open a wall and then you find something and that that sub that you have it's got to help you fix that problem right um so those relationships, I mean, we're talking, I've, I've been building for years, but I think that somebody who's starting on this could start working and maybe uh, using people they know or start working with people and recommending them to other people, even if they didn't use them before. Say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about flipping houses. You're a contractor. I want to be acquainted with you. What if I, you know, hook you up with people? Like I know I have a big network of people that know that want to remodel their home uh i will send your number your card to them and start building that that relationships with them those relationships with them because those people live off of that right so you providing a pipeline with them for them they don't have to do marketing they don't have to worry about not having enough work they have somebody to, to give them good reviews and and recommend them to other people they're going to go 100 percent uh you know as slow as they can on your on your on your flips those guys, those are the guys I love on the most because like those guys are literally why I make the money I make on these flips, you know? So building relationships is your priority. Before you even start flipping houses, if you want to get to flipping houses, you have to start building those relationships. Then you have the lenders. Then you have, uh, you know, everybody else who's going to, who's going to help you and you're going to need, you're going to have to build those relationships. Sorry, I interrupted you. It's all good. So let's talk about your vision for the next, you know, couple of years. Do you see yourself doing more and more flips? Do you see yourself focusing on coaching? How do you see yourself allocating your time? I'm I'm actually never gonna stop flipping. I think I, I love it. My wife and I enjoy it so much. She does all the uh, all the design. Um, we we enjoy it very much. I mean, we we would we would enjoy it so much that we probably go like on TV. Mm. Uh, we thought about it. We we. You know, we've reached out to a couple of networks and stuff and, and it's an opportunity, right? Uh, but uh, I think that the flipping is going to definitely continue, maybe slow it down a little bit so that I can help more people and have more time. Uh, I definitely want to explore uh, the real estate and commercial real estate. Uh, that's something that's a goal that we have uh, into, you know, because commercial uh, you can do the same thing, right? You can you can do this multifamilies. You could do you know thirty, forty unit places. You could do factories, whatever you want. There's a lot more money in it. Um, so the real estate portion of it, I want to definitely explore that, and um, you know keep building, keep building other people, right? Uh, part of my part of my uh, goal is to have everybody around me. Uh, be financially free and that's that's something that i've always wanted i wanted everybody to succeed with me so what i want to do is get get people to start doing flips if they want to do it a lot of people come up to me and they say well i you know i, I want to do what you do but i don't have all the money that you have uh i want to do what you do but i don't have a construction license i want to do what you do but i don't have a real estate license at one point i didn't have any of those things you know and i was still flipping Right. So I want everybody to know that, that you, you still can do these things. You just you just have to be smart with how you approach those things. There's an approach. There's an approach to every single scenario on flipping houses, whether you don't have the money, you're not a contractor, you're not a real estate agent or you don't have any knowledge. 
right? There's an approach to every angle. So if you really wanted to do it, you can do it. And that's the message that we're putting out there. Um, and, and aside from that, uh, I think the hardest part is most people don't know where to get the funding for the projects, right? Um, and, and myself and two other uh, friends of, of mine are working on that. We're working on uh, becoming a lender and, and helping people out who other lenders wouldn't lend to or maybe, uh, you know, just figure out how we can help them uh, and be more involved in the project so that we don't lose our shirt on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So if you had a billion dollars in the bank and hundred lifetimes of cash flow, like how would you structure your, your life? Wow. Um, I, I'm one of those people that, uh, you know, I came from a third world country, man. So, um, there's a lot of poverty, right. Uh, in the world and, and we're, we're not very exposed to it here in, in America. Um, but I think that if I had a billion dollars in the bank, uh, what I would continue to work with real estate, uh, and I would definitely, um, you know, I would follow, definitely would follow Robert Kiyosaki's advice on, on purchasing a lot of multi-units, uh, you know, having a lot of real estate cash flow coming in. Uh, I would definitely leverage, I would still leverage other people's money and other people's time. Uh, but I would figure out a way to uh, integrate that so that that cash has a big, big chunk of it go to uh, fixing, helping fixing infrastructures in smaller countries who, who need help and, and helping, you know, helping the poor, you know. Um, I think at a billion dollars, the mindset is completely different. Um, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that someone can spend a billion dollars, uh, unless you're, you get a really bad habits in a lifetime. Um, and I definitely think that I would integrate my children, uh, and help them kind of have the same idea and continue, continue that, uh, you know, that legacy of helping, helping other people, you know, totally. Well, Ed, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life and your business, your flipping and coaching, all these things. Uh, guys, for those of you watching, take notes. There's so much to learn from you know, the mistakes that are made early on in flipping to how you could scale those types of uh, advice. So, so write something down, share it with somebody you know, so they can hold you accountable uh, because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you continue to take steps day by day, before you know it, you'll be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.